It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today on Locked On Dolphins, a look at the 2023 Miami Dolphins coaching staff, namely head coach Mike McDaniel and his end-of-season performance review. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match of up to $100. Yesterday on the show, we did general manager Chris Greer's performance review for transactions made. NFL draft, free agency, trade, so on and so forth, personnel decisions, wins and losses for Chris Greer, performance review. Today we're doing the coaching staff, namely looking at Mike McDaniel, obviously he of the head coaching title. Uh, All things coaching staff ultimately fall under his responsibility as the head of staff. And we're going to divide this up into three separate categories and areas of focus. We're going to look at the changes that were made, or changes that were not made. We're going to look at areas of growth from the team, respectively, uh, as far as execution on the field for the entire body of work. And then we're going to look at uh, areas improvement. Uh, We'll save the painful part for last, which is the things that need to get better as this team continues to grow and evolve, assumingly on something similar to the path that it is currently on. So with that in mind, I think you can point to uh, four primary changes or lack thereof that were defining decisions within the Dolphins season. The first being the addition of defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. It was a dramatic scheme change for the Dolphins from what it was under Josh Boyer in year one. Uh, of the Mike McDaniel era to what Vic Fangio brought. Uh, You saw some of the perspective of that on hard knocks with the players talking about the complexity of the scheme. And I got my hands on a a Fangio playbook from about five, six years ago. And in working through it, yeah, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of sites and checks and calls and tools and adjustments and subtleties based on route releases because it's a lot of zone match and split field coverages. It's complex stuff. And I think the Dolphins uh, experienced some growing pains early in the season. And then by the time they settled into the back half of the season, you never really had the continuity to get the guys all kind of clicking and and feeling it together. And I do think that scheme change uh, was maybe not for the best for some of the the talents individually. We'll talk about those when we get into those individual rooms. Uh, But there was also growth and improvement as well. And we'll talk about the growth of improvement uh, in our next segment here on the show, but the Fangio decision I think is a net positive. Uh, It's certainly net positive versus what it was with Josh Boyer 
where it seemed like every time we got uh, a critical third down and mid plus late in the game, we're going to run a five man pressure and run cover one man. And if you run crosses against it, you're going to cut us up. And uh, the middle of the field coverage was still an area that, that hurt the dolphins at times. Some of that maybe is personnel growth. Some of that is uh, calls and communication and anticipation and execution as well. A lot of layers to peel back there as far as why that area of the field still failed you at times this season. Um, I think you can look to some personnel and execution as namely sore spots there. Uh, but Fangio, his addition, uh, you saw a spike in a number of different areas for the Dolphins defensively, and his experience obviously speaks for itself uh, as a longtime defensive coordinator. I know there's some... Rumor mill stuff right now going around about Coach Fangio and his role with the team in 2024, whether or not he's going to be back this season or not. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. And ultimately, I don't think that necessarily changes my perspective of the Fangio hire being a valuable one for the Dolphins off the change of Josh Boyer, which I think was a necessary change. Uh, the next change that was made to the staff was that of Butch Berry to the offensive line. And when the team dismissed Matt Applebaum, uh, last year's offensive line coach, they alluded to hoping to free up Frank Smith more. They said Frank Smith was having to be too hands-on with the offensive line as compared to being hands-on as the offensive coordinator with the entirety of the unit. And Butch Berry comes in, and I know that the way the season ended, there's a sour taste in some people's mouths with how limited the offense was at times in part because of the offensive line. And I think injuries were a compounding factor there for sure. But I think the actual execution and the growth of the players and the leap in the performance is a net positive for Miami. You certainly wish that you, that group had more continuity than 12 different starting offensive line combinations, which was the hand that they were dealt this year. And you use it as context and say, Hey, uh, your bottom of the, the roster offensive linemen probably need to be better players. And you need to have a little bit more of a menu running the ball. And hopefully year three in a scheme can help provide some of that as they continue to build on the growth of year two. Now, the next change uh, was one that I, I think was a resounding success early in the season, but maybe not for the traditional reasons. And, and as this season played out, uh, these are two coaches that I think are a little bit under the microscope for me. Uh, the secondary, some secondary coaches defensively, under Fangio, Ronaldo Hill coming over from the Chargers as the former Chargers defensive coordinator. You certainly feel like there was probably a, a pathway for him to have a net positive contribution to the team's effort in week one against the Chargers, where the Dolphins throw for 466 yards and cut up the Chargers defense after the Chargers defense had such a suffocating performance against Miami in December of the year prior, right? And Joe Casper, the safeties coach. And I point to these two. Because whether it was injuries at safety or the passing defense in general, Miami, it felt like anytime there was an interruption to that unit, there were miscommunications, there was grass, there were guys that, that end up being put in the game that didn't feel like they were ready to play. I think about the end of the Tennessee game with the safeties that have to go into that game. And it didn't feel like they were ready for that moment. And then there's there's also the element of uh, the execution of the corners in that game specifically as well. But the first Buffalo game, you lose to Sean Elliott, and it's a hot mess. You know, Brandon Jones is playing all over the place. 
the nickel position all season long. That's that's not a Joe Casper problem, but he's your passing game defensive defensive passing game coordinator. Ronaldo Hill, I look at as well. Those performances uh, oftentimes did not inspire when there was interruptions, as compared to an offensive line who you made some concessions with how you called the game offensively. If you're Mike McDaniel, the play caller, but you didn't see the catastrophic uh, failures in performance that I think you saw in the secondary at times when guys went down and you had to to bring somebody back in. Uh, think about how you saw teams approach not throwing at Xavier Howard or, or not throwing at Jalen Ramsey, uh, the Baltimore game, and how they smelled blood in the water with one side of the field, and they kept getting after it with their passing concepts. Stuff like that, uh, the coach is responsible for that, and that ultimately falls at the very top under Vic Fangio as well. But some of those assistants, I, I just look at with a little bit of a closer lens if I'm Mike McDaniel. And then the big change that was not made is one that I'm anticipating will be made this time around. That's Danny Crossman, special teams coordinator. Um, I think you can make the argument that the team got more special teams contributions last year from the team when you consider Jalen Phillips blocks a punt that Andrew Van Ginkle returns for touchdown against Chicago. Uh, this year, you you had some teeth to your return game. You never really popped a big one, but at least you had some returns and didn't just fair catch everything. Jason Sanders kind of has a, a bit of a renaissance and resurgence, which is good to see. Uh, but you had kicking game failures against Baltimore. You had a kicking game failure, whether it was controllable or not, against Buffalo in the fourth quarter. That contributed to you losing a lot more than just a football game. So uh, Danny Crossman, I think, was the, the kind of the one person that we looked at last year and were skeptical of that they, they chose to retain uh, through the context of, well, a lot of his guys are ele playing elevated roles, so that hurt the, the quality of the players on the special teams unit. Maybe you have that same excuse again this year, but at some point you, you got to be able to play with the, the hand that you're dealt and get better performance out of the special teams group. You think about you know the, the blocked field goal versus New England in week two uh, that almost contributes to you falling into a tie at the end of that game. We'll continue on. We'll talk about some growth for this Dolphins team next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, so stick with us. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, but it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who is unbiased in your life. Uh, so if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. So a lot of the focus right now from, from Dolphins fans is where this team uh, faltered down the stretch, and understandably so. But I think, and Mike McDaniel alluded to this when he and Chris Greer did their end-of-season press availability. You talk about not making decisions emotionally, looking at the full body of work, asking, doing the full assessment and asking questions critically, and looking at everything that you're doing and where can you improve. 
Let's start with where this team did improve from last year. And I think you could look at the win column. For starters, this team wins 11 football games this season uh, as compared to nine the previous season. We certainly feel like last year's team probably could have been in the stratosphere if not for injuries, but more on that in just a little bit. Uh, one of the most promising areas of growth for me was in the running game. When you consider what the Dolphins offense was last year, they, they carried the ball more than 60 extra times this season than what they did the previous year in 2022. And they experienced nearly a full yard per carry growth from 2022 to 2023. Now, a lot of that is perimeter run game. And that's a lot more explosive plays. You could credit Devon Achan. You could credit Raheem Mostert and his performance this season after last year, kind of coming into the season, coming off of a season ending injuries the year prior to that in 2021. I also have 15 more rushing touchdowns this season than what they had last year. Those are really good numbers. That, that's really good growth for the even keeledness of your offense. Now, we've talked quite a bit about there's continued evolution that has to happen here. And I think if the running game takes the same evolution in year two to year three as the passing game, I think, took from year one to year two, you're setting yourself up very nicely to start to have a vast enough menu to play all the different kinds of games and scripts and styles that you're going to need to be more competitive when you need to be late in the season. We'll tee more up on that later. Uh, we, we talked about the touchdown improvement running the ball and the same amount of. Uh, they had the same amount of passing touchdowns this year as they did last year. So they had 15 more offensive touchdowns. They averaged nearly six points per game more in 2023 as they did in 2024. And that's with a second place schedule. Say what you will about what they did against the playoff teams or the teams with winning records and all that. That's an area of improvement. We'll get there. But just looking objectively at the entire body of work and discussing that the facts, they scored 496 points, the second most in franchise history. And they had second most in franchise history before they played their 17th game. That's growth and improvement. I think another area for Mike McDaniel was I think there was a little bit more uh, awareness of how the game was called to protect your quarterback from uh, a lot of hits. The Shanahan system has frequently put, regardless of the stop and regardless of which coach it is, Puts these quarterbacks under a, a lot of hits, a lot of pressure, uh, and, and you see them experience a lot of injuries. Look at San Francisco seemingly every year. Even Brock Purdy this year had a concussion. Quarterbacks get banged up. You're looking across the league, getting 60-plus quarterbacks starting for NFL teams in consecutive seasons. It's an astronomical number. So last year, I think they were – pretty aggressive to push the ball down the field. And they were still this year at times that, but you saw a little bit more of an abundance of screen game and quick perimeter throws and things that you didn't like because there was too much of in the playoff game. I think with a more balanced approach and a little bit more balanced personnel that can attack you in a number of different ways, those things were likable additions to the offense while also acknowledging there was too much of them down the stretch out of necessity or otherwise, from personnel or game conditions or weather or whatever. I think you added the, the, the development of a screen game that you really did not have a lot of success with in 2022. It's a good development. 
you had more timing concepts they get the ball out of the quarterback's hand especially as a quarterback who deals with injury issues i think that that's a little bit more responsible calling of the game for mike mcdaniel defensively you nearly doubled your turnover production from year over year you had 14 turnovers defensively in 2022 it's one of the worst parts of the team defensively you did not turn the ball over with any consistency after several years under Brian Flores of a ton of turnover production. You're up to 27 turnovers, and you, you really didn't turn the ball over in the first month of the season defensively either if you were the Dolphins. So those improvements, 27 turnovers versus 14 the previous year, that's growth. The sack production, you had 40 sacks as a team despite blitzing everybody uh, till kingdom come in 2022. You had 56 sacks this year. And you had 56 sacks without playing with Jalen Phillips for half the season. And Bradley Chubb goes down week 17. You got 19, 19 and a half sacks from your two interior defensive linemen and Wilkins and, and Sealer. Really, really good growth in that regard. And you also had less penalties in 2022 or in 2023 versus 2022. You were called for 111 penalties in 2022, and you were called for 97 penalties in 2023. So 14 penalty reduction uh, is not a small amount. It, it puts you from being a top five penalized team in football in 2022 to being a middle of the pack penalized team in 2023. These are all areas of improvement and growth for this team in this roster from the first year of the regime. But all of that said, there's still plenty of areas that need to get better. And we will talk about those next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's the new year, and every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team that you are able to surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, they may not have the time or resources they'd ideally have for hiring. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. It's now officially uh, let's go heat and let's go Panthers. Vamos Gatos season here in South Florida. And if you're thinking of heading down to the arena to catch a hockey game or a basketball game or a concert or anything else, game time has you covered. It is the go-to place for last minute tickets. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You get upfront prices, so there's no surprises when you put tickets into your cart and go to checkout. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. And you can buy tickets in sections with just a few taps on your phone. They offer zone deals where you pick the section and game time picks the seats for big time savings. They're obsessed with finding you ways to save money on tickets. They offer deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even hour, an hour after it starts. That's why it's the place to find last minute tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. 
Again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today for last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Okay. Room for improvement. <laughs> this is uh it's not a small list. And I think that's good that there's identifiable the identifiable areas. Not an English guy, not a math guy, but not an English guy either. Identifiable areas that need to get better. Including one key area of regression. Uh, teams with winning records, the Dolphins 1-6, and six, including the postseason loss against teams with winning records in 2023. They had four wins versus teams with winning records in 2024. Now, that included Detroit as a team who started extremely slow, but Detroit also took you to the wire when you played Detroit last year. The Dolphins beat Baltimore in Baltimore. The Dolphins beat Buffalo at home. They beat Pittsburgh, who finished 9-8, and eight, and they beat Detroit. And you got to a tough late-season stretch with the West Coast or the three-game road trip uh, against uh, Buffalo and San Francisco and the Chargers, and you fell off the wagon there, and you lost all three of those games, and then Tua Tagovailoa gets hurt, and it really snowballs on you. And that, that was It was tough, right? But you, you did have those wins coming spe specifically in the first half of the season. But you still had four wins against teams with winning records, which is four times as many as you had last year. There's some degree of that, which I think is just kind of variance. You know, year over year, I, I look at a team like Minnesota, right? Minnesota goes, I think, 11-0 in one-score games in 2022. They come out, they lose their first four games as one-score uh, losses the following year. Right. It's kind of like turnovers where some of it's you can make it a point of emphasis, but there's an un, uh, an unpredictability of how it's going to break. And, and uh, uh, the easy thing to say is Miami just needs to get better. They need to continue to get better. They need to continue to get more diverse. And they need to stop shooting themselves in the foot, too. So all, all of those things are going to produce better performance against better teams. Uh, Pre-snap communication and timeout usage. This is a two-year thing now. Uh, the time in taking, getting calls in, and then burning timeouts, some of which are coming out of uh, pa pauses in play, it, it cannot continue to happen. And to some degree, it's, it's an, there's an inevitability with how complex the offense is. But when Tua Valoa comes out, after the postseason loss against Kansas City, and he's talking about guys not knowing where to line up because they didn't practice together all week, and then they get out on the field in a road environment in Arrowhead, and they're scrambling to get lined up because guys don't know where to line up. That's, that's for me, the crux of the issue. If you are that finely tuned of a machine, that's great. But at some point, you need to not be. At some point, you need to be able to just be able to line up and play and execute. And I would love to see a little bit less. I, I love the motion that Mike McDaniel and I love the motion that the Miami Dolphins have brought to the table the last two years. But sometimes I just love to see you get up to the line of scrimmage and snap the damn ball, excuse my French, and be able to execute in those situations. 
because everybody's expecting you to shift and move this guy here and then bring this guy over here and flip the formational strength and just line up and execute. So, so what does a simpler path to execution look like? And that goes for both sides of the ball. You know, if, we, if we get a bunch set over here, I understand you got to be able to handle bunches or you get to box it or you to switch it. Uh, how, how are you going to, are you going to backside poach it with the other safety? Like, how are you for whoever's going to be the, the middle of the field route? Like you have to answer all those questions and I get it. But there's a value, an inherent value to also at times being able to play fast because things are simple. And Miami, having the talent that they do have, should be able to find ways to play simple football. And maybe you don't have the between-the-tackles running game element that you need when you're talking about areas of performance and the running game. I think that's the number one thing for me offensively. Is you got to grow some teeth, and you got to really get some traction between the tackles running the ball. You have to. Because otherwise... You're not really going to punish teams who line up with two high safeties and then still have their safeties run the alley and fit the run. Because if you can defeat the skill blocks on the edge, you can flow and force a cut, and you're not getting in a position where the corner has to make a tackle. Or if they spin the safeties based on your motion, they're spinning a safety down to the alley, and he's got momentum, and he's not coming from 14 yards of depth. He's coming from 8.5 or 7 yards of depth. So you don't really have the structural advantage that you think that you do. Defensively, I'll put it like this. You got a guy like Jalen Ramsey who's publicly opining to cover a guy's top top wide receiver, and you don't do it. And I get it. Like, C.D. Lamb didn't kill you down the stretch, but C.D. Lamb scored a 50-plus yard touchdown against you which is very easily avoidable if everybody knows who the assignment is because Jalen Ramsey's the best corner on the team and he's going to cover the best wide receiver. Like all that stuff exists in Vic Fangio's defense. Let's use it. Let's let our best players do the best things. And offensively, you know, there's there has to be some value and it was an issue in 2022 too. make no bones about it it was an issue in 2022 for a different reason when the starting quarterbacks out and we say oh well we're, we're gonna prep you all week teddy bridgewater you're the backup quarterback we're gonna start with you and then you get all the reps and you go down on the first play of the game against the jets and now skylar thompson has to come in and you like your game you say well the game plan is the game plan we got to do it well skylar thompson to get the reps or you're prepping Skylar Thompson against Buffalo going into the playoff game. And he's a, he's a seventh-round rookie quarterback making his fifth career start or whatever it is. And guess what? You know, game pre-snap execution and communication bites you in the rear end there, and it contributes to you not having what you need on the final possession of the game to try to go down and, and tie or take the lead. So you have a two-year sample size of the complexity of the offense uh, is really challenging. And I don't think the answer is Mike McDaniel getting rid of play call responsibilities. I know that's a big popular thing on, on social media right now is Mike's got to look at play calling and give away play calling so we could do game planning at the beginning of the week, but then somebody else can be focused on getting the call in. Like, 
this is kind of what you sign up for. A savant play caller. So if you have a savant play caller, which is like the appeal of Mike McDaniel, really progressive mind, really creative mind, there's a brilliance to it. You say, yeah, you know what? We don't want you to call the plays anymore. Well, you're taking away the best appeal of Mike McDaniel, and it doesn't come without its downside. In the same way that I just watched Sean McVay burn, a, burn two timeouts early in the second half in a one-point playoff loss to Detroit, and you get a fourth and 14 after a penalty with four minutes left, and you punt the ball back to Detroit, and they milk the clock because you only have one timeout. And then you choose to not go for it on fourth and 14 in plus territory with four minutes left. The same coaching same coaching tree. When the Rams were going through their stuff last year, Sean McVay gave away the play calling duties. You know what he eventually did? He took it back because it's not the problem. There's um, there's other things that can be done, and there's continued growth and maturation that's needed as a play caller. So I think about all of that, and and people who are questioning whether Mike McDaniel giving away the play calling duties will resolve this issue, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think there has to be a self-awareness of the environment that you're going into, and you need to, this offseason, explore the ways that provide you the avenues to have a simpler pathway to success offensively. If that means you got to spend your money on the interior offensive line, spend your darn money on the interior offensive line. Resign Robert Hunt. Bring Connor Williams back. I know Connor Williams wants a ton of money. If you're not comfortable there, go out and get somebody else. There's a couple good centers on the market. Get another guard and have the best. You, you want to protect your shorter statured quarterback in the pocket who thrives as a pocket passer? Aspire to have the best interior trio in football. You already locked in Austin Jackson. You got Teron Armstead. We'll see if he doesn't retire or not. But like that, that's the kind of input from Mike McDaniel as he reflects on this season. You look at what you have, what you had, what went right, what went wrong. What do you need to change it? This is the second year the complexity of the game plans at times have betrayed you. Address it. And then lastly, um, the special teams execution and the coaching situation there, I think, is a change that, that probably can be and should be improved. Uh, Miami has had net negligible contributions, if not net negative contributions from special teams the last two seasons. You made the decision not to make the change last year. I think it'd be foolish or foolhardy to not make a change again. So that's, that's my performance review from Mike McDaniel. There's a lot more good than bad here. I believe I saw somebody did a, a report card for the season and gave the coaching staff a D. A D. We go 6-11 and 11 and I miss it? I know the end of the season was disappointing. I know you had a pristine opportunity that you didn't maximize at the end of the year, but a D. Jeez, Luis. Tough crowd. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make it a great rest of your day. I'll be back again tomorrow as we continue our performance review series as we put the bow on this Dolphins 2023 season. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.